You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyTShirt.com. Of course, great friends of Inside Carolina, great friends of you, the Inside Carolina listener, subscriber, and all that. Speaking of subscribing, take a chance to subscribe on YouTube, subscribe to your Apple podcast, however you get your podcast, and rate us and review us five stars, one stars, questions in your reviews. Um, We'll ask those questions if you drop us a review with a question. It is Wednesday, recording this Wednesday night. Caught myself a little bit. You'll be listening to this Thursday morning, a little bit earlier than normal for the Game Plan Podcast. That, of course, means I've got Greg Barnes and Jason Staples. Carolina travels to Charlottesville, 8 o'clock Saturday night, Halloween night in Charlottesville. Greg, I'll come to you first once upon a time. In the not-too-far-off past, Carolina could not win up in Charlottesville. Uh, and now they've lost, what, three straight to Virginia going into this one. Bronco Mendenhall has had his Virginia teams take care of North Carolina in the recent history. Greg, this is a big game, I think, for North Carolina and the program and what Mac Brown's trying to accomplish. I know I say it every week, um, but going on the road – on a Saturday night, especially given what happened two weeks ago, this makes this pretty, pretty solid event for North Carolina football. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things that, that we've talked about here is that this is a learning process for this team. Um, last year, nobody really expected a lot out of them. They surprised early with those two big wins over South Carolina and Miami, and then really fell back to earth before reeling off you know, three wins there at the end of the year to finish with a winning record. So they haven't really played a lot of games with expectations. Um, and when they have had to do that this year, they've had some issues. I mean, you know, Virginia Tech, they win a big game, uh, come out the next time out on the road, they lose. Uh, they had a big rivalry win last week, of course, against NC State. So what do you do? You go back on the road, the 8 o'clock game. Um, you know, Mac has talked about you, the noon games you can handle because you, know, you don't have to worry about fans and all those kind of things. Uh, they're used to practicing in the morning. I think that's kind of an underrated point. Uh, you know, they get up for, at 6 o'clock for all their meetings. And so when you're talking about a noon kick, that, that, that's pretty much in their wheelhouse, what they're accustomed to. When you talk about 8 o'clock kick, that changes things. They have a lot of time to sit around and, and think about it. Um, and when you, when you add the fact that you're coming off that big rivalry win, now they're, they're playing another physical team, uh, a well-coached team, I think is better than their record shows. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall, I, I think he's a great coach. I think he does a lot of unique and creative things. Uh, so it's going to be a, a test. I think in, in listening to Jay Bateman and Phil Longo, uh, both of them uh, were a little bit impressed, uh, and a lot of, both of them were you know, praised what, what Virginia's coaching staff has done and just kind of how, how challenging this test will be. Virginia's one and four, uh, but, again, they haven't really played that way. This is a seven-point spread for a reason. And it's going to be a tough test for North Carolina. Jason, Virginia beat Duke open the season 38-20, not unexpectedly. Then they play Clemson at Clemson and at Miami. Uh, pretty similar to Florida State. Of course, Florida State replaced uh, Clemson with Notre Dame. Not sure there's a ton of difference there. But I yes. set it off the air. Uh, I want to come um, to you on this. I, I think this is a pretty similar situ- situation, Carolina, going to Virginia as it was going to Florida State. It's certainly – two teams that are capable of beating North Carolina. Uh, did the lesson from Tallahassee stick with this Tar Heel bunch? Well, the, the last question I think is um, – We'll see. Is, is a we'll see. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if I could answer that one, I, I, wouldn't, I, would be, uh, I would not have some of the debt that I have. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, as far as the comparisons, I think it's, I think it's fair. Although I actually think this Virginia team is probably better than that Florida state team. So uh, for one thing, I think there is a pretty big difference between Clemson and and Notre Dame for one thing. And secondly, that Florida state team got blown out. I mean, they got their doors blown off by Miami. They got out hit. They got out, they got, 
just whipped by Miami. And that was a 19-14 game last week with Virginia, same Miami team. And they were able to slug it out. I mean, yes, there's a different situation. It was rainy. There were all sorts of other factors there. It was an ugly, muddy game. But that's kind of what Virginia wants to do. And, yes, that was when Florida State – before Florida State changed quarterbacks, which has really made a difference for them. So, yeah, you take that with a little bit of a grain of salt and, you know, all of the transitive property stuff that you might say. But still, I mean, I think if you looked at those two teams and the results so far on the year, I think Virginia is probably a, a more I'll, – I'll just say this, they're a more consistent – a more consistently physical and more reliable football team than Florida State, though Florida State probably has a little bit higher highs given Virginia's lack of any sort of deep threats uh, in terms of, of the passing game. But I think, I think overall this Virginia team, I think you're right to make that comparison, and this is a dangerous game for, for North Carolina for a lot of reasons. 100% there. Greg, looking at Virginia – um, how is this team one and four? I mean, I know we don't, this is not the Virginia podcast and we don't watch them a lot, but when I saw them play against Miami and I saw some of the game against Clemson, uh, they've got guys that can play, but then NC State just wears them out. Wake Forest beats them. Bronco Mendenhall talked after the Wake Forest game. It was like a stretch of five or six minutes in that game that just turned everything around. But with Brennan Armstrong at quarterback and Billy Kemp at wide receiver. I mean, this team, like Jason said, a dangerous ball game for Carolina. Yeah, I think this is somewhat of the, the 2020 component. Uh, but think about it. I mean, they handled Duke in the opener. Uh, they lost a competitive game against Clemson. I think they could take, a, take away a lot of things in that game. That was 41-23 against what I think is clearly the best team in the country. And then what happens against NC State? Well, Devin Leary was playing for one, but Brennan Armstrong goes out due to a concussion. He misses a big chunk of that game. Uh, NC State wins. He misses the Wake Forest game. Uh, Wake Forest is playing better. Virginia just, just can't make up the deficit without their starting quarterback in. They get Armstrong back for Miami. And as Jason said, that was kind of a messy game. Uh, but that does play into what Virginia would like to do anyway. And that was just really kind of a slugfest. Um, I think Derek King was the difference maker there. I know they're, they're wide receiver. It's a little bit too quick for Virginia's secondary, which has been an issue for them. Uh, but that was, that was a really competitive game, and that was a fun game to watch. So having to play two legitimate teams in Clemson and Miami uh, and then having an injury to your quarterback that knocks him out the better part of two games is how you quickly arrive at one and four. Jason, before we get into the actual what to expect to see, because I think Carolina does have some advantages in this that we'll cover a little bit later in the podcast, but I wanted to ask you as a guy that's been on rosters about the 8 o'clock difference. Now, if this wasn't 2020, then 8 o'clock games in prime time is what everybody wants. Is that worm kind of turned a little bit? And Mike Brown seems to hint that way that 8 o'clock games are not the best deal for – teams i mean square that conversation that mike brown had with the media about having a little worry over an eight o'clock ball game well i mean i think greg's point earlier is that they're a morning practice team so for for them for for unc it's less of an event it's it's not something that you look forward to as much and it's just because you're not used to being i mean most of you out there who are watching this you've probably have some sort of workout regimen or some sort of approach and some of you you might get up and you know I know some some IC staffers get up in the morning and and go and do a uh, you know like an F3 workout or something or, or you know a CrossFit workout at like 5 30 in the morning and they do this you know five six times a week now they'll do that but here's the thing if you took them <laughs> Yeah, I was, waiting, I was waiting on it. It, w- it wouldn't be Greg, right? Um, but it, it, if you're doing that at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, five, six days a week, and then all of a sudden I was going to say, hey, let's go and do a you know, really, you know, the most intense workout you're going to do all week, and we'll do it at 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in bed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're used to getting up at – 5 30 6 o'clock and and hitting it then and now i'm gonna i'm gonna switch that up and have you do it 12 
to 15 hours later on the, on the clock than you're used to going, your whole body is just not in the rhythm to do that. It's outside your comfort zone. So I think that's really what Max after. I think the other part of this, if it's not 2020, is a night game on the road. Also, you're dealing with uh, the atmosphere issue gets that much more amplified. I think it's a little bit more of a disadvantage on the road. The final factor for this is if you are on the road and you've got an eight o'clock game, I think it makes it that much harder. I mean, teams try to even things out by staying oftentimes in hotels and things like that. Most, most teams do that uh, in terms of staying in a hotel for, for home games as well, just to make sure everybody's together and you're, you're doing everything the same way on, at home that you would on the road. But it's still different when you go on the road and you spend the entire day in the hotel. I mean, you think about it, you wake up and you're used to waking up at 5.30 in the morning to get to practice or 6, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning to go to morning practice. And now you wake up and you're on the road in a hotel. And there is literally nothing to do except, well, um, we're going to have a walkthrough at some point. We did last night, but we'll probably do something just to pass the time to try to give us something to occupy. So we're going to we're gonna go to lunch, have a lunch, maybe extend that lunch a little longer, try to take a nap in there, make sure everybody gets a nap so that they can reset their bodies a little bit for the late, late, uh, late game, and then do lunch, maybe another nap. <laughs> But by now you're kind of slept out and like, what are you going to do? Sit and watch TV, watch some film. You know, there's only so much you can do. And you're just kind of, you're doing this all day. And you're doing that all day for an eight o'clock game anyway. I mean, anybody who's played at any level knows that when you've got a night game and you've got a game that day, I mean, you're just like this the whole day, like looking forward to it and just chomping at the bit. Like, I just want to get out there. That's so much more amplified when you're on the road and you're waiting. 14 hours from the time that you're used to getting up to actually get on the field. And, you know, you're not going to get to the stadium until six o'clock at, at the earliest, really. So, you know, you get there at six thirty, six six o'clock, six thirty, and you're, I mean, you've been, you've been just been sort of chewing on the whole day and that that's, that's hard. So when you're a road team, especially, eight o'clock games are hard already. And when you're a road team, that's a morning team. It's something, it's something significant to think about. And I think that's something that Mac is right about. Greg, has there been that you can tell, and I know people listening to this will say we're making excuses and I don't think so. I think it, it matters, but is there anything you can tell that Carolina's done differently this week? Maybe they didn't do pre preparing for Florida state in that regard, in the timing issue. No, there's not a whole lot you could do with regard to the, the schedule just because you know, they set their practice schedule in the offseason, and then they work class schedules around that. Uh, so there's not a whole lot you can do. You just kind of deal with it. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that they've probably come up with new things to try to kind of keep the guys busy because there is some boredom in play there. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, and you, you've got you've to figure out how to overcome that, and that's part of it. I mean, that's, there's so many variables – that go on beyond the, the you know, lines on the field that you have to learn to cope with, whether it's criticism, criticism in the media, whether it's praise in the media, whether it's, you know, fans coming up to you wondering why uh, you didn't beat uh, Florida state when you were big time favorites, whatever it may be, that's part of the, that's part of the learning process. And um, that's for North Carolina to get to where they want to be. They've got to be able to, to navigate some of those challenges. Yeah, they got to be able to put all that behind them and play a big ball game 8 o'clock Saturday night against Virginia up there. Let me take a short break, talk about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Great friends of Inside Carolina, great friends of you, Inside Carolina Premium subscribers, because you get 10% off your order. Christmas is coming up. Christmas is coming up, and there's a bunch of sales. I can't get a uh. Johnny T-shirt will hook you up. They'll deliver it straight to your door. But if you're in town, go by and see them. Say hello, socially distanced shopping and all that stuff. They'll even bring it to your car or bring it to the curbside. Pick up a mask. Pick up a mask, absolutely. You need masks. Folks, I know I wish they had more masks. 
we need more masks, especially around Halloween. That can double, double time. Johnny T-shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Please visit them. They need your support, as do all small local businesses. Take another second for the national guys to pay the bills. We'll be right back. Game Plan Podcast. Greg Barnes, Jason Staples. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All righty, we're back. Game Plan Podcast, Virginia, North Carolina, Greg Barnes, Jason Staples. I am Tommy Ashley. Speaking of schedules, we usually record this during the day, um, and now we're recording this on Wednesday night, so – it certainly changed. I mean, 8.30 kickoff for us tonight, and yeah, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, we adjusted, Mac. Can you adjust? <laughs> um, Greg, looking at Virginia, just to make sure I'm, I'm clearly refreshed for this question. Uh, we've got to get Jason on board at some point. We talked about Brennan Armstrong, but Virginia has a, a weird quarterback rotation at times, but Armstrong's clearly the guy. That's at least the quarterback. Uh, what can Carolina fans maybe expect to see from Virginia on Saturday if they haven't been paying attention to the Wahoos? Well, I, I think what Virginia wants to do, this is not a very dynamic offense. I mean, I think the same could be said about last year. I think that's one of the interesting storylines is uh, Bryce Perkins had a heck of a game against North Carolina last year. at 490 total yards of offense. Uh, and I think that elevated him in some UNC fans' eyes to like a Michael Vick status. <laughs> uh, and that's just not that's not kind of what he was um he had some big games against carolina and virginia tech and uh it was good the rest of the year but he, he wasn't that good and i think a lot of people will probably be surprised to know that uh virginia's already their quarterbacks already have half as many rushing yards as perkins did in 14 games last year um and so I think that's important. Um, there's a big reason that we talked about the QB run and defending the QB run uh, this week. And that's because that's, that's an integral part of what Virginia wants to do. And the reason why is, is because they don't have, you know, some incredible uh, skill players. I mean, whether it be a running back or wide receiver, uh, Lavelle Davis is their freshman standout. You know, he's a freshman All-America candidate type player, 6'7", 210, huge guy they could throw vertically down the field with. Uh, he didn't play against Miami, and he's, he's not expected to play against North Carolina. Um, they will get the, the Indiana – they expect to get the Indiana running back uh, able to play Saturday. He hadn't played yet this year. Um, but they just don't have the talent. What they do have is a very good offensive line. And so they have to be very methodical in what they do offensively. Uh, and, you know, the QB runs a big part of it. So, so Brendan Armstrong is a guy you – know, he's 6'1", like 215. He's a big guy. He's heady. Uh, Broncos really praised him for his toughness. I think if you watch the Miami game, uh, you know, he, he's not afraid to take a lick. He's not afraid to, to lay a hit. And I think that's what you like to see. Um, this is not an offense that's going to put up a ton of yardage or a ton of points. But they're going to be, as I said, methodical. Uh, they're going to try to move the ball down the field. You play kind of an old school type where you lean on your defense. Uh, you kind of keep the game short. You, you really – Bronco talks a lot about – time management uh, and kind of controlling the clock. And that's what they want to do. So 
uh, North Carolina just has to play clean. And if they can do that, uh, things will probably work in their favor. But Virginia is just a kind of a tough, gritty type team. You mentioned that Bryce Perkins last year in Keenan Stadium. I've seen a lot of games in Keenan Stadium. Um, that performance by him and then Lamar Jackson, yeah. Louisville a couple of years ago, probably two of the top ever in Keenan Stadium. No matter what he did the rest of the year, Bryce Perkins was ridiculous against North Carolina. Jason, defending that quarterback run, what has Carolina improved on um, – that you've seen maybe uh, – obviously they didn't have to worry about it against NC State, but from the Florida State game, what has Carolina – or what does Carolina need to do to improve to prevent Brennan Armstrong from giving them fits from the, that position on the ground? Well, I mean, it's always hard when you have a quarterback that can run. I mean, that's the, that's the truth of the matter. And this guy, by the way, throws the ball better than, than Florida State's Jordan Travis. He's a, he's a, better, he's a better thrower. So – they, they don't have the receiver threats that Florida State did, even with Terry out, in terms of being able to stretch you, which helps. But it, it, the, the thing that makes it so difficult when you're playing against a quarterback run is that they get an extra blocker. It, it changes the numbers. So if you think about this, imagine you go man-to-man on five wide receivers, five potential receivers that can go out for any pass. Now, you're, if you're straight man and you've got no deep safety – that's really hard because if one guy gets beat, that's a big play. So most teams at most typically go man free. And so you got a, a free safety back there. Well, the problem is that in the run game, then that means you really only have the players to match up and take on all, all the blockers that are there. And then you have one unblocked defender for the running back. If the running back carries or whoever carries other than the quarterback, as soon as the quarterback is involved in the, in, in the, the running game, the guy that would be the unblocked guy for the quarterback is that deep safety who might be 15 yards off the ball. And the thing is, if he comes up hard to try to stop the quarterback run, now you're opening up for, you know, the quarterback to, you know, give a little bit of a little nudge forward or something like that to show run or read option type stuff where you've got play action, safety starts coming up, and then you hit him at that second level in an RPO. So that really makes things so much harder on any defense. It's not just North Carolina. Every, every fan base thinks that they're uniquely bad at stopping the quarterback run. But the truth is it's really hard to stop at any level. And look at teams in the NFL, try to stop guys like Lamar Jackson when they're on. I mean, it, 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 the fact is that when you've got that guy, who can, who can do that, it just makes it so hard on a defense. Now, at the NFL level, you don't see it as much for two reasons. One is they can't throw the ball with offensive linemen downfield as much, so the RPO game is devalued. It's the way that things should be, to be honest. And secondly, if you run your quarterback a ton in the NFL, he's going to get knocked out. And not, if he doesn't get knocked out, then by, by the time you get to you know, week eight, week ten – He's really banged up. And actually, I, I remember, I think it was Joey Galloway that said that um, the most incredible athletes he ever saw at the NFL level were Barry Sanders and Michael Vick in the first two to three weeks of a season. Before the toll starts. Before the toll started on – and he said, Barry, you know, he was running back. That's just what happens. But he said Michael, it was Michael Vick in the first two to three weeks of a season before the toll of teams taking their shots on him started to started to, to come in he said it was just different and you can see that at that level now at the college level it's just not the same way so that's the first thing is it's hard for everyone and what you try to do is you try to regain numbers by having one guy let's say Vohasic can take two two gaps if he can handle two gaps by himself maybe in tandem with a, a little bit of scraping from a from a linebacker if you can have Ohasic take two gaps, then you regain the numbers. If you have two guys up front that can take two gaps, then that's even better. You're regaining numbers. And that's what a lot of teams, that's why a lot of teams use odd fronts and use, you know, say a guy over the center that tries to take both a gaps because in the college game with all the quarterback run teams are doing everything they can to try to stop that with, without sacrificing that deep safety. Another thing that a lot of teams do is play a lot of quarters. And the reason you play cover four 
is because those safeties are at about nine yards, eight, nine yards off the ball usually. And you know it's quarters and not cover two, by the way, just as a tip. If you're watching on television, normally you can tell that it's quarters and not cover two where you've got two deep safeties by the fact that the, the defense is flat across. So you see corners and safeties roughly at the same level in terms of off the ball. Uh, that, and now some teams will press on that, but that, that's, that's a different question. But when you see the safeties up just a little bit, that usually means that they're in quarters. And what that means is they're going to be responsible for that second vertical on the inside. But if there is no second vertical, then he kind of becomes an extra box player. So you get, you know, teams like Pitt, for example, Narduzzi plays almost all cover four. And he talks about how they're a nine man in the box team as a result, because whichever side you run to, they've got an extra support player and then they can work with the other safeties kind of working off of that. And there are different things you can do to take advantage of that, but that's what a lot of teams do. And actually Virginia has played a good bit of quarters this year as well. So that's one of the things that you, that you can do, but you better have really good co- uh, corners and coverage and some safeties that can run. Otherwise you're going to have bombs over Baghdad. It's going to be teams shelling you on the, on the deep post because you don't have a whole lot of support from the safeties there. So you're always going to give something up trying to stop the quarterback run. The question is what you are willing to give up. And based on matchup, what are the things that they do in addition to the quarterback run that gives you problems? And to me, that's where the fact that Virginia's best wide receiver, best deep threat, really their only deep threat is out for this game, or at least last I saw was out for this game, supposed to be. That matters to me. I'm, I'm looking at that as Jay Bateman. I'm going, okay, that, that, that tells me something. That tells me that I feel like I can go quarters pretty much all game in this, game, in this one. I don't have to worry about some of those guys running by me like what happened a couple times at Florida State. And I can, I can add that extra guy in my run support, and maybe those safeties can make some tackles on that quarterback at the two, three-yard mark because they can come up a little quicker and you don't worry about it as much. So shameless plug opportunity. If I can see all the, if I can see all four DBs on the TV screen, the way they shoot the game, that means they're in quarters, right? Show the safeties. <laughs> Show the safeties, baby. Sign the petition, Greg. Uh, let's stick with Carolina's defense right here. Um, don't know the status of Patrice Renee. I don't guess they updated him. Um, I thought Day Day Hollins looked pretty good against NC State. Um, should we expect more of the same from Hollins and uh, Kyler McMichael and those guys taking away Virginia's threats, any threat they may have downfield, and and then allowing the safeties to come up and defend Armstrong? Yeah, I don't know that the NC State game's the best uh, platform to be able to judge Hollins adequately just because State's quarterbacks just um, were not very good, uh, I think is is a fair way. There's a reason Devin Leary is – clearly the, the guy there. Uh, but it was a learning opportunity for Hollins. And I think if you remember back to this game last year, uh, Virginia's strategy was very easy. Uh, short passing game. I and mean, North Carolina had three QB pressures the entire game. Strowbridge complained about that after the game. He was like, hey, we can't, we can't get to him because they were getting rid of the ball so quickly. And what was he doing? He was throwing those back shoulder fades and throws on the sideline uh, at Storm Duck and at Hollins. And Carolina had no answer. Um, and so I don't think this is a situation where Armstrong can necessarily do that as well as Perkins did. Uh, but the fact that North Carolina once again has some, some injuries in the secondary, especially at cornerback, uh, doesn't bode well. But that, that's one of the reasons that I think the, the run game is so important for Virginia. Uh, because if you're having to rely on the pass, that's going to be problematic. Uh, but if you're able to elect to, to throw when you want to throw, and kind of how you want to, that changes things pretty dramatically. Uh, but, but North Carolina, you, as, as Jason said, uh, with, with North Carolina liking to use their, their man against QB runs, uh, Bateman talked about that this week. Like, look, you know, if the quarterback makes one guy miss, the next closest guy to him maybe guys back to him because he's playing man. Uh, and so he's going to have to scheme up something to kind of protect in that regard. Uh, but but I think Hollins has to your to your question, Tommy. He has gotten better. He has made strides. They've done a good job with him. Uh, but I do think it's very telling that Don Chapman is a guy that they decided very quickly last week. Hey, we've got to teach him how to play cornerback uh, and give him some more reps so we can lean on him some more. 
And I thought Vip and EJ and Mike Ingersoll's podcasts, the Don Chapman comments were the highlight of that show. The the drop touchdown turn interception was Don Chapman's uh, playing career all in like 15 <laughs> seconds. Um, and you're right. He, he's, you know, he's all over the field. They ask a lot of him. They're kind of having Trey Morrison. Yeah, and Trey Morrison to have those guys all over the field with the injuries. Let's uh, let's flip it to North Carolina's offense. And, you know, Sam Howell's just been fantastic. Javante, Michael Carter. But, Jason, this is a game I think Sam Howell and his wide receivers are going to go nuts. I think Virginia struggles. It, it's kind of like Florida State had bad linebackers um, and Carolina did not take advantage of them. I cannot imagine uh, Phil Longo – not taking advantage of Virginia's I think Virginia's weakness is their defensive backfield and I think this is Sam Howell's feast day Jason your thoughts it's safeties to me you attack their safeties as much as you can and so this should be a good day for a guy that's had kind of a quiet year so far compared to expectations and that's Daz. uh that's Daz who I think has just not been uh the focal point of the offense to this point though defenses have been actively trying to take him away from from Howell so I think Daz Newsom is a guy that could have a pretty good day in this one look for a double move or two on on a couple of those safeties because they'll they'll get a couple man situations or at least quarters type situations against those safeties and they'll double move those guys with him and after after hitting a couple underneath and that's where you'll probably see a big player too. I'm also interested to see if Josh Downs has a pretty good outing after he started to see some see the field more uh, in the last in the last week with uh, with Bo Relaford out and with you know him starting to figure things out with with uh, with Downs starting to figure things out a little bit in terms of the offense and and getting his feet you know getting getting his sea legs in college as far as that. So, yeah, I, I think that this is a game where I, I agree with you that that's a, an area that they can exploit. Uh, Virginia is very physical up front. They're, gonna, they're, they're generally pretty good against the run, as they showed against Miami. But they can, be, they can give up some big plays. And Miami missed several just would have been a no-doubt touchdown, particularly to the slots. One actually on the last drive, they were trying to kill the clock and they had an RPO where Virginia was trying to stop the run. And uh, the, the quarterback, just De'Eric King, he made the right read. Receiver just comes right inside that safety uh, on, a, on a little glance route, which is a little deeper slant. And he's, if, if the ball's put there on time, on target, he's still running. I mean, we're, we're, we're recording this Wednesday night. He, there's still nobody from Virginia within the screen. And he overthrew. I mean, just wasn't even in the same zip code. And I'm going to tell you right now, Sam Howell ain't missing that throw. And there, there are a few of those that, you know, there were some opportunities that Miami missed to blow that game open. And that's where North Carolina needs to capitalize on those, especially if they can get a couple of those looks early and they can capitalize on those and get an early lead. This game changes with a quickness. If Carolina can get up 10, 15, 10 to 17 points, you know, before the mid-third quarter, this game's over. Because I don't think Virginia can score a ton of points. Even I mean, North Carolina's defense has some vulnerabilities. We know that, just personnel-wise. But this Virginia offense is not going to score 50 points. So, you know, you can change that. And frankly, I mean, you made the comparison to Florida State. If – if Florida State doesn't block a punt and score on the first play that they get, you know, basically from the, what, 20, 22-yard line or whatever on that, on that first drive, if they don't block a punt, get the ball there, and then score on the next play, Florida State doesn't win that game. It changed right? everything. It cha that changed everything. That gave that team a tremendous amount of confidence that, that convinced them, that, that, that sold them that we can beat this team. And then you're playing from ahead. And that Florida State team is similar to, to Virginia in that they're not going to go out there and play from behind and chase you down and attract me. But they can run the ball well enough that if you're going to give them, if you're going to spot them 10 points or 17 points or 24 points or whatever, if you're going to spot them that, then they're going to run it well enough to make it really hard to catch up. And that's the same thing for Virginia. 
So to me, if you start even reasonably well in this game, then you feel pretty good that you're going to come away with it. You just can't let Virginia play from, the, from, from ahead in the driver's seat. You get in the driver's seat against Virginia, and they're going to have a really hard time catching up. That's, that's my view. Yeah, and Tommy, to build off that a little bit, uh, in the ACC, Virginia has allowed uh, 15 passing plays of, of 30 yards or more, which is the worst in the ACC. Um, you talk about their, their run defense. They, they allowed Clemson, I think, 4.2 yards per carry, which is really good. Um, and so, and Broncos up front about that. He's like, look, I think we're doing a really good job defending the run. Uh, he's, he's happy with, with what he's getting up front. Uh, but the secondaries be a little bit of a mess. And I, I think a lot of people may look at last year and say, well, how had a field day last year? He had scored 31 points, had a heck of a game. True, Virginia had six defensive backs out in that game, including their, their All-American and, and Bryce Hall. Um, so you know, a little, little bit different situation. But, but clearly, uh, I think Jason's spot on there in that the team that's going to score a lot of points in this one clearly is North Carolina if it's going to happen. And this is one of those, if Virginia wins, it's going to be a tight, tight game. If Carolina wins and some things break their way, you know, they could win by three touchdowns pretty easy. Um, this is not a game that Virginia is going to blow Carolina out. But I think they know that too, and they play to that style. And so North Carolina has to be willing to take opportunities. Um, you know, that, that was a big criticism for Phil Longo there in the first half of Florida State. Uh, he was so adamant sticking with his game plan, he didn't take as many shots down the field as, as a lot of people thought he should have. Um, and then things opened up in the second half. So be willing to take some shots down the field. And if you hit on one or two of those, uh, I mean, completely changes the complex complexion of the game. I mean, dramatically. Because Virginia really doesn't have that big splash play capability. Um, they're going to methodically work their way down the field. Carolina doesn't have to do that. And so I think that's a, that's a key part of how this is going to play out. Yeah, looking at Virginia's stats, I mean, they've obviously been outscored heftily this season. But in the first quarter alone, opponents 55, Virginia 10. So, Greg, how does Longo approach it? Does he take those kill shots early? Or, or does he rely on Javante and Michael Carter early? I, I think it's the former. I think they come out – like in 2010, um, it's interesting, we'll have a special guest on Inside Carolina Live show to talk about that 2010 game. Um, Dwight Jones went nuts. Um, I think that's the game he went nuts. Are we, are we going to see something similar to that? And let's not forget, when was the last time Mac Brown won in Virginia? So oh. he, he <laughs> oh. he's got, a, he, he's got a, a big gorilla on his back that he needs to get off, so – Let's talk about what we will see, our predictions on what we'll see, Greg. I'll let you go first. Well, let me say this, uh, not to pick on Art Chansky, uh, <laughs> but it's worth listening to, to Wednesday's uh, media interview with Mac because Art, and I think it's a you know, valid question by Art, uh, but he asked about that 96 game in Virginia. Oh, and asked about, ask that. <laughs> <laughs> about, you know, how much Mac had thought about it, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, Mac answers it. Uh, very, very graciously and then later you know 10 minutes later answer some other random question he made the comment that uh you know just kind of think back to that that virginia game that the arts having such a hard time letting go of <laughs> that is great it was it was a trip it was, it was very well played um that sounds that's the theme in those pressers away game pressers i haven't right. seen him in a home game pressure yet <laughs> but um yeah, it, anyway it, it was funny what did you ask me? I, I said, <laughs> what will we see? <laughs> I, I, think it's a, I think it's a first round Mike Tyson, Michael Spinks type. Gotcha. So uh, the, the good thing about Phil Longo, what has he done effectively this year? I mean, he scripted plays fantastically. Um, other than the Florida State game, North Carolina scored a touchdown in their opening drive every single game. Um, and so you have to give him credit and give the team credit for coming out, being prepared to play. And if anything, some of these games, Max talked about, hey, we came out, we played great early, um, and maybe we, we got a little cocky and we allowed teams to come back in. We saw that against Boston College. Um, but they, they've had a lot of success early in, in these games, and not just on offense, but defense as well. Defense has gotten a number of three and outs to start. And that's, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. If you can do that every game, 
uh, that really gives you a leg up. And that, that's critical, especially when you have an offense like Carolina does where you can really apply pressure. I mean, if, if you've got the lead and you can score like they do, uh, it makes it very difficult for the opponent to kind of keep up. And I think that's exactly the case here. Uh, does that mean Longer comes in, uh, you know, wanting to fling the ball down the field? Not necessarily. I mean, he's still going to take what the defense gives him. Is he going to take some shots potentially if they're there? Are there going to be those kind of play calls uh, installed? Yeah, of course. Uh, but they want Sam to be cautious and take, take what's there. But if you can get Diami deep, um, try it. I mean, just watching – what's the kid's name from Miami? Harley. Uh, he was just a much better athlete than anybody Virginia had in the secondary. And that first touchdown he scored, uh, I mean, he had a good move on his route. He just outran the guy. And One-on-one uh, on one against the safety. Right. From the slot. Yep. It's what we're going to see. And so you get, get Diami. I mean, you get a number of guys from North Carolina, but, but Diami being the obvious one, get him in that kind of situation – we know Sam can throw the deep ball, and those are those are the opportunities that are going to present themselves. And North Carolina just has to capitalize. Jason, what happens? That's a good question. Um, I I think this is a dangerous game. I really do. This is a team that can beat North Carolina, just like Florida State was a team that could beat North Carolina. At the same point, I I do think that they'll have learned some lessons. And I think that this game really, the thing that has me defaulting to Carolina being able to come out not only with a win, but a win that I think might be more comfortable than, than not is I just don't see a deep threat on the Virginia team. So they're going to have to be, I mean, now last year they were able to possession pass Carolina to death. I mean, they ran spacing, just a little, you know, two curls and a, and a little flat route where you basically choose which curl is going to be open if they, you know, if they cover the flat. They, they ran that to death against Carolina last year, and Carolina had trouble covering it. But I don't think that's going to be the case this year in terms of Carolina's back seven. I think, they're, I think Carolina's back seven is a good bit stronger now than it was last year when they played Virginia. I think it's going to be harder for them to just matriculate the ball down the field bit by bit and just hold on to the ball for long, long stretches. I think, I think Carolina will be able to knock them off schedule a little bit with, with, the, with the secondary being able to cover those receivers and not being afraid of being run by. And, you know, last year, I know Bateman at times was limited in, in some of the coverages that he could play because he knew that if he played certain coverages – it was, it was probably, it, it was probable that within a drive or two, you're looking at a deep, long touchdown that they just couldn't stop. Because once they had all those injuries, they couldn't run with teams. With the guys that they're putting out there now, I think they're going to play tight coverage across the board. That's going to allow them to focus a little bit more on the running quarterback with the safety a little bit. And because they don't have those deep threats, and that's really what knocked them off balance defensively against Florida State when they, when they gave up some plays – was having to worry about getting run by while still stopping the, the quarterback run. I don't think that's as much of a problem in this game. I, th- I do think Virginia will hang around for a little bit, but ultimately I think Carolina comes out, does their business, you know, probably up 10, 10 at the half, maybe more at the half, and then sort of pulls away in the second half. That's, that's my guess. Uh, Brennan Armstrong will throw it to the other team. He's got six interceptions on the year. Uh, Lindell Stone with three. So Virginia, nine total interceptions. Uh, so Carolina will have some opportunities there as long as they don't uh, do what they allowed Bryce Perkins to do, like you mentioned. I mean, it. everybody talked about he couldn't throw it and had a pretty solid game against Carolina in Keenan Stadium, if you want to call 500 yards total offense. Solid. Let's do the prediction deal. Uh, we ought to get a sponsor for our predictions. I don't know if anybody would pay us any money on the stuff we divvy out. Uh, but, Jason, I, I think I started with Greg last time. I'll start with you this time. Um, I hear what you're saying. I kind of like what you're selling. But how's it ultimately come out? Give me a score. So, this is one I think Carolina covers in this game, for those of you who are sporting gentlemen. Uh, I, think, I think, again, there's a chance that they, that they could come out and lay an egg against a team that matches up in some respects better, uh, pretty well. But I think, I think 
again, I think you're right that Howell's going to have a pretty good outing in this game and that uh, that they're going to walk away with a solid win. I'm going to go with Carolina. Uh, Carolina 45, Virginia 17. I'll go with that as the final score. I think they, I think they really pull away in the second half. Interesting. Greg Barnes, you're up. And before you wow. pick, uh, we have mentioned Michael Carter and Javante Williams in passing in this show. That's incredible given what they bring to the table. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I should mention. You know, last week I did hit the score. On the money. Did you really? Both, both, both sides. I wow. had I had forty five twenty eight, so I was close to. Yeah, yeah, you were. You know it. I hit, I hit both. I hit both. That's that, that. That's first time that's happened since I think twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. Yeah. I'll say we need you. a uh, we need I'll a golf say, clap button. Yeah, I need a. <laughs> <laughs> Even a blind squirrel. Oh, man. Yeah. I will send you your parting gift, Greg. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll add two things in before I give you a score. One, you mentioned Carter and Williams. Um, nobody has contained them this year. Uh, Florida State did the, the best job of anybody, and, and those guys really got loose in the second half. Um, and so that's, that's Virginia's strength defensively. And if Carolina is able to have success on the ground, uh, I, don't, I don't think Virginia has much of a chance at all. And that, that's how this game could get out of hand. I'm curious to see how that plays. The other thing is we like pro football focus. Uh, Brennan Armstrong has got an 83-grade, 84-grade passing uh, with no pressure. So uh, What's Sam Howell's? Probably about the same here. Hang on. Let me look this up. This is live stats, folks. This is live stats. Greg Barnes doing the research on the podcast as we go. I would bet the you pressure 90.7. So Sam is – uh, a good bit better, but both those numbers are, are really impressive. Uh, point being that the North Carolina's weakness defensively has been getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, they had success against Syracuse and really have not since. So that that's you, know, you talk about Williams and Carter that that tilts North Carolina's way possibly. Uh, but if Virginia is really able to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides, that's how they can steal this game. I agree with Tommy. I think the fact that North Carolina's offense can probably sneak in a home run here or there is going to be the difference. Uh, and I just don't think Virginia can match that. So I've got North Carolina winning this one, not near as big as, as Jason, but I've got them at 31-17. So you talk about football, pro football focus, and a lot of people don't like those numbers for whatever reason, but I will call out the number they nailed last week, and that was five. Bailey Hockman's uh, – grade against pressure was five I, i'd be interested to in know what he was against pressure against carolina <laughs> maybe <laughs> he didn't throw it in the ground every time but uh it, it was pretty close i you know i mentioned matt brown's uh charlottesville hoax for a reason um mac had never beaten florida state either um, so I don't think any – I don't know necessarily if that stuff matters or if the players care or even know. But I, for some reason, I'm kind of superstitious. This game is on Halloween I'm there. I'm not picking Virginia. Um, I think Carolina can just score too many points. But it would not surprise me if it were close. That said, I'm going to go – Jason, you had 45-17, Greg, 31-17. I'm going to go 40-14. Uh, to 14. Carolina. Uh, I think turnovers will be big against Virginia. I mentioned the interceptions. I think Brennan Armstrong will, will try to do too much a few times and Carolina can take advantage. I just see Sam Howell going nuts. Uh, I mean, he's been good this year. He hadn't had a breakout game. I see 400 yards passing, maybe four touchdowns. If Carter and Williams get 100 yards apiece for some somehow, then Carolina scores 60 points. I think that's how big a game Sam Howell will have. Anyway, boys, it's always fun. Getting it a little done a little early Wednesday night. Wednesday night refreshments. Go, Jason. We're in Zoom class. You're muted. Got to un got to unmuted. There, there we go. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I'm in the process of pulling up the uh, the Bailey Hockman numbers from last week. You wanted them. You wanted live stats here. <laughs> so let's see. We've got uh, Bailey Hockman under pressure 
uh, his uh, his rating against North Carolina was one sixteen point seven under pressure. Uh huh. One sixteen. So isn't that good? That's yeah. the best he's had all season, which means that that um, wow, that was that was the best that that Bailey Hawkman's looked against pressure all season for uh, for NC State, which. Um, Carolina fans, just go ahead and uh, say an extra prayer of thanks for uh, for what you're watching with, he, with Sam Howell. After he was yanked, he came back in and played a lot there in the second half. Yeah, so, so I, yeah, I'd pain. like to see if they broke it down uh, pre-benching and post-benching. Right. Because, yeah, he was throwing against uh, high school guys. Tony Grimes was out there. So Ben Finley was uh, 39.6. NFL passer rating against pressure. So sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah interesting. Right. It's uh that's almost throw it straight in the ground on every play. <laughs> Sam Howell, by the way, was only thirty nine point six against uh, under pressure against NC State as well. It's just uh he wasn't really under much pressure. <laughs> Incredible ball game. I think Carolina keeps it rolling. Big ball game for North Carolina. Eight o'clock, Charlottesville. What is it? ACC Network. Is that what is on that's Halloween it. night? Uh, Greg Barnes. I assume you'll be there, Greg. I will. Greg will be one of the little over a thousand people in attendance in Charlottesville. Jason, we'll talk to you on Sunday on the day after with Buck Sanders to our listeners. Got a special podcast on Friday, something special from our friend Joey Powell. And of course, check us out, Joey and I out on Inside Carolina Live Saturday. I guess that's from five to seven leading into Tar Heel Sports Network pregame show on your affiliates guys appreciate it y'all be safe it's always fun all right thanks tommy thanks tommy thanks for listening to another podcast from insidecarolina.com brought to you by johnny t-shirt.com where to go for your next tar heel gear purchase from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.